go ahead and uh, turn over to Ephesians chapter number five. And uh, didn't get to finish uh, this uh, passage here about uh, wives submitting uh, to your own husbands. And don't worry, ladies, your husband's turn is coming, okay? In fact, there's a lot more to say about husbands than there is wives. So um, don't worry. Um, and as we've been looking here about uh, the context of Ephesians 5, what uh, he's talking about is about being spirit-filled. And one of the ways that we know that we're spirit-filled is that our relationships with others will be right. Um, there will be harmony there. Not to say that there's not bumps along the road. Not to say that there's uh, times where you might have some disagreements. But one of the evidences of a spirit-filled life is that you will have harmonious relationships with others. And he deals with this uh, talking about uh, the marriage relationship primarily uh, in verses uh, 22 uh, through verse number 33. And uh, so I'm just going to briefly go over uh, a little bit what we covered last week. Just catch everyone up to speed. And then I'll give you my last two points that I had here about uh, wives, spirit-filled wives and them submitting uh, to their husbands. So as we looked at number one, we looked at to submit to your husband, you must submit to the Lord, Ephesians 5.22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. And so a wife's submission, if we can remember, it's not necessarily to her husband. When, when she submits, it's not, it's not a cross that she must gloomily bear. Like, oh, I have to submit uh, to my husband. Um, so as she's submitting, she's doing it as to the Lord. Um, and this submission, it's, it's the way that God uh, showed us in the scripture. It's for lasting joy. It's for true spirit-filled uh, submission is what he says in the previous verses there. And so that's what we covered there about to submit to your husband, you must submit to the Lord. Secondly, hold fast to the role to which God has called you. Um, in this verse 23, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. And uh, two things that we picked apart from that. Number one, God has designed gender-based roles for us to follow, and the husband is the head of the wife. That's just what God has, uh, has placed there. He never commands the husband to be the head. He just says he is the head. That's it. Um, secondly, Jesus is the head of the church and has authority over her for her good. And likewise, the husband is the head of the wife and has authority over her for her good. So God has planned these roles for the marriage for a reason because that's the way marriage works. Uh, if you go outside of what uh, God has given us and you try to do uh, your own thing, it doesn't work. It, it never works. So these are the roles which God has given us. So hold fast to the role which God has called uh, for you. And thirdly, here we go. Submit in everything. This is where we're going to pick up verse number 24. So wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. So we come to this last verse here, and does this verse imply everything? I mean, if your husband says, hey, uh, we're going to be eating fish sandwiches from McDonald's. No 
tartar sauce, just ketchup only, are you supposed to submit to that in everything? Is that, is that what that means? That's an inside joke, by the way, if you didn't catch that. So. Um, again, I believe that this verse here, I, I believe that there's been a misunderstanding in this verse. Um, it has been misapplied. It's been misinterpreted. Um, people try to teach this verse as being something that it's not. So in everything, as the church submits to, to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Now, if we're looking at this passage with an unbiblical view, then I believe Paul and most of the other New Testament writers uh, could sound like chauvinistic pigs, like, you're to submit to me in everything. Uh, and a lot of times, unfortunately, th that verse has been taken that way that the wives are supposed to submit in that type of way. So I'd like to dispel any of the unbiblical teachings that uh, may have uh, arose or have arose uh, from this verse here, verse number 24. And I'd like to give you a biblical example of submission uh, from God's word. So what is submission then? Uh, if you remember, as we covered in the uh, previous verse of verse 21, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ, there's a mutual submission there. Uh, but what is, what is submission? What, what does that actually mean that we are submitting to one another or that wives need to be submitting uh, to their husbands? So I'd like to give you a biblical definition of what submission is. Biblical submission is the attitude and action of willingly and wholeheartedly respecting, yielding to, and obeying the authority of another. Now that submission works on all different roles. Uh, for example, um, there is a, a role of submission as uh, Christ submits to the Father. Okay? Uh, Christ is not just out there doing his own thing. He willingly submits to the Father. Um, the uh, men are supposed to be submitting to Christ. Um, there is the uh, people that attend a local church that they are to submit to the elders. There's wives to their husbands. And there are children to their parents. Uh, even slaves to the master. So there is a role of submission that God has placed in there. And that role is an attitude and action of willingly and wholeheartedly respecting, yielding to, and obeying the authority of another. That definition applies to all spheres of authority everywhere. Nobody is an authority unto themselves. Nobody says, you can't tell me what to do because you're ultimately under the authority of God. And so none of us are under authority uh, of, of an authority without uh, having somebody over us. Um, so it includes our attitude because it's not to be forced, um, but willingly and wholeheartedly. So first I'd like to give you some submission of what, what submission is and what submission is not. So here they are. Number one, submission is respecting your husband. Paul sums up this passage in verse number 33. Look what he says. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself... And let the wife see that she respects her husband. It's interesting to note that word respects is the same word that we find uh, in verse 21 out of reverence for Christ, which we talked about fear. Uh, there's a reverence, there's a fear, respect. 
And so he uses this, and rather than saying that the wife must submit to her husband, he says that she must respect him. Now, this is responding to your husband by cheering him on, not putting him down. When he makes a mistake, and he will make several of them, I guarantee you, if he has not already made several of them. Uh, often when I give uh, premarital counseling, I often talk about uh, the role of the wife and the husband and that it's not the role of the wife to change her husband, okay? Um, so your husband will make several mistakes because, hey, let's face it, I'm an idiot. I am. I do stupid stuff, you know? So uh, you guys remember uh, Tim the Toolman Taylor? You know, he's like blowing up dishwashers and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, we're idiots. I mean, we are, okay? So um, when the husband makes a mistake, and he will make them, it's not the attitude of the wife to put her husband down and uh, uh, responding to him in that way. She, she needs to respond to him by cheering him on in that way. Um, this respect is more than just an action, it's an attitude. Listen to what Proverbs 12, 24 says. It says, an excellent wife is the crown of her husband, but she who brings shame is like rottenness in his bones. That's, that's talking to wives. So wives, you have a, a very important role that God has given you of respecting your husband. And when a wife does not respect her husband by submitting to him. It brings rottenness in a, in a husband's bones. Listen to what Proverbs 14.1 says. It says, the wise woman builds her house, but the foolish tears it down with her own hands. So you will either honor or dishonor the Lord by how you treat your husband. And the word of God tells us, it says that wives need to respect their husbands. Secondly, submission is desiring to please your husband. Oftentimes in marriages, instead of working together, they're actually working against each other. Um, rather than seeking to please her husband, the wife is trying to get him to make him pay for what he has done or uh, how may he has maybe done something. It's a, it's a thing of, I'm going to do this to get even with you. But submission means that you want to uh, make him happy, that you want to please him. Uh, you want to please him. So if he likes a particular meal, you fix it often. If he likes the house to be neat, you try to keep it that way. You don't punish him by making him unhappy. You're trying to please him. Thirdly, submission does not mean you use deception, manipulation, or whining to get your way. That's not submission. If the wife is, is using any of these tactics to get her husband to get what she wants, um, that is not the way that God has designed it or the way for the marriage to work. If you act one way one day and another way another day and you try to use that to get what you want, that is not submission. Um, that is using trickery to try to get your husband to do something. Fourthly, submission does not mean that the wife is inferior to the husband. Now, we already uh, talked about this briefly, about the, uh, that both male and female were made in the image of God. So they're equal in, in God's uh, image. So 
male and female were made equal. So it does not mean that the husband is more important than the wife. They're equal, side by side. Uh, when uh, God created Adam, he took out of Adam Eve, created Adam out of Eve. So this does not mean that the wife is any less of a person. Even in the Godhead, 1 Corinthians 15, 28 states that God the Son submits to God the Father, and that does not make him any less. There's just different roles. That's just the way that God has designed it. Fifthly, submission does not mean that the wife cannot influence her husband. 1 Peter 3, 1 through 2 says, In the same way, wives, be subject to your own husbands. Then even if some are disobedient to the word, they will be won over without a word by the way you live when they see your pure and reverent conduct. So if your husband is dumping his responsibilities on you or using you as a slave to cater to his laziness, you need to talk to him. Your wife needs to maybe say something like, are your hands broken? I corrected that from last time. My wife said, you said that? You said broke? That's terrible grammar. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. So you need to confront your husband. You need to talk to him, okay? Uh, he needs to be confronted with his faults in a gracious but firm manner. And men, if you have a wife that will do this, if, you, if your wife confronts you and talks to you this way, Thank God for her. That is a precious jewel that God has given you. And you need to honor her. Right? Many a wife has suffered under the authority of a disobedient or unbelieving husband. A submissive wife needs lovingly and humbly to confront her husband if he is in sin. She needs to communicate her dissatisfaction with her husband's insensitivity or distance. She may need to forcefully express her opinions so that her husband knows exactly what she thinks. Without honest communication, a marriage cannot grow in intimacy. It doesn't work. And I would say that that's probably a lot of the reasons why there are so many marital issues is because there's not honest communication. It's you live together. You're just two people living together in a house. And there's no communication. It's like you're just roommates. Oh, hi. How you doing? Oh, hey. How are you doing? Okay, you want to eat? Okay, let's eat. Okay, bye. See ya. All right, see ya. There's no honest communication. And so in order for the marriage role to actually work the way it's supposed to work, there needs to be open, honest communication. Submission means that after a thorough, honest sharing of opinions, if there is still a disagreement... The wife must go along with the husband's decision as long as it's not sinful. But I warn you men, if, if you and your wives are having a disagreement about a, a certain situation and she shares her side and you're sharing your side and if you are so stubborn, so stuck in your way that you say, this is what we're going to do and your wife submits to it and that's not what God wanted you to do, you, husband, will answer for that decision, not your wife. Okay? So it's very important that we understand that. So wives, the true test of submission is when you disagree with your husband the most. Six, 
Submission does not mean that a wife cannot speak when her husband is wrong. Husbands, if you have a wife that will do this for you, she's trying to help you. Listen to her. Listen to what your wife says. Important matters like this. Love warns. If you have a wife that loves you, she will warn you when you are doing something that's wrong. Proverbs 9, 8, do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man and he will love you. Galatians 6, 1, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Matthew 18, 15, if another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. All these things still work within a marriage. Seven, submission does not mean that the wife is obligated to obey the command from her husband to sin or go against her conscience. Acts 5.29, we ought to obey God rather than men. Acts 5, 1-11, we read the story of Ananias and Sapphira. Husband and wife, what did they do? Ananias said, hey, I got this land here, we're going to sell it, and we're going to keep back a little bit of the profit, and we're going to go give it to the church. And so they go, they give it to the church, Church says, hey, you sold this land. How much did you sell it for? Oh, we sold it for this. Uh Uh-oh, he was lying. Sapphira completely went along with her husband in this matter. What happened? Ananias, boom, falls down dead, right? Sapphira comes in. They say, tell us, is this what you paid for this? Is this what the money that you got for this land? Yep, yep, that's true. Boom, you're dead. So submission does not mean that the wife is obligated to obey the command from her husband. Sapphira knew about it and went along with her husband to sin rather than not to. So wives, if your husband asks you to do something that scripture forbids, you must respectfully decline. If he asks you to view pornography, you must say no. If he asks you to lie for him or to cheat on your taxes or to stop going to church, you would sin against God to go along with your husband's request. There is a respectful way to resist this types of, of, of request, um, but you must resist them. I believe that's why we have this phrase in this text. Look what it says. Now as the church submits to Christ, that's the example. Would Christ ever ask us to lie, to cheat, To be sexually immoral or impure or to not worship him? No. So the example is how the church submits to Christ in everything. That is how the wife is to submit to her husband. Number eight, submission does not mean that you cover up for his criminal behavior, including physical abuse. And so, wives, if your husband is engaged in any criminal activity, if he's growing pot in the basement, okay, that's a criminal offense. It's against the law. You don't cover up for that. Um, If he is fixing people's cars and, and 
cheating people out of their money. And you know about it. You don't, you don't lie for him and cover it up. Uh, if your husband is, is doing any type of physical abuse to you or to your children, he is breaking God's law and the law of the state, and you need to call the police, and he needs to go to jail. If you are being abused or your children are being abused and you're being threatened with your life, you need to get out and get a place to a place of safety and seek some godly counsel. Submission does not mean that you should be tolerating any type of that, that sin. I would hope here that we as a church that we would be sensitive enough that if we knew of some type of, of physical abuse that was going on in a home that we would be sensitive enough that we would try to help uh, those, those people like that. And if you don't think that this type of stuff goes on, it happens all the time. It happens all the time. The depravity and the sheer evil of men's hearts is real. And so that's why uh, these verses are important that we understand what submission is and what submission is not. So submit in everything, but I don't believe that is in submission in ways that we are supposed to be covering up for sin or if your husband is breaking the law or if your husband's doing something that is against God's word. I don't believe that that is submission in that aspect. So let's look at this last thing. Fourthly, let the gospel show you how to submit. Now, even though Paul is talking about a relationship between husband and wife here, he actually reminds us that he is really speaking of Christ and the church. Listen to what he says in verse 32. This mystery is profound. And I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. So the gospel is what should be the basis for the reason why the wife submits to the husband. And as we'll come to see here in these uh, next few verses over the next few weeks, why the husband loves his wife. It all comes back to the gospel. And so I want to look at one biblical example of submission that we may not think about very often and how the gospel is woven into that. So let's take our Bibles. Let's turn over to the book of 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2. And uh, I want to give you this example that Peter uses to show us how submission works within the gospel and how Wives, you can be showing the gospel. You can be living out the gospel uh, in your submission. Now, in this section here, Peter's actually copying an ancient uh, way of writing. Uh, because, and this is, this is awesome because one of the ways that we know God's word is true is when you look at other historical documents of ancient times, the way that they address the family, they always began with the husbands, then the wives, then slaves. Peter doesn't do that. He actually turns it completely around and he begins with slaves, wives, and then husbands. And there's a reason for all this. Instead of addressing the head of the household first and instructing him on how to keep his household in line, Peter begins in this previous chapter, in chapter number two, and he's addressing the slaves first, which was really a, a, a radical move to do this. Look what he says in chapter number two, and look at verse number 
17. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor, servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, so the masters that are kind and gentle, don't just be in submission to them, but look what he says, but also to the unjust, the master who is unjust. And so he's addressing them as though they were human beings. He's talking to them as though they were intelligent, as though they are called by God to play a significant role in the world, because they are. And then he explains how in their difficult situation, so if you have a, if you have a slave who's being obedient to his master... But yet that master is very unjust and he is beating that slave and he's treating him unkindly. Hey, God says this is a great example of the gospel. Look what he says, verse number 19. For this is a gracious thing. When mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure but if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin. Neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls." Now, this is awesome. Look what he says in chapter 3, verse 1. Likewise, wives. He's making a connection there. He's trying to show us something. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they might be one without a word by the conduct of their wives. So Peter now addresses the wife in the home. Again, don't miss the fact that Peter, as he's talking about wives here, he's addressing them with respect and dignity as one who bears the full image of God. There's no mention here of inferiority. There's no mention that wives are, are any less than the husband. There's only a recognition that a woman... In, this, in that type of world during that time could find herself in times of danger and abuse from her husband. And back in that day, if a husband would beat around on his wife, mistreat her, do some things, there was usually never, no consequences for what he did to her. Now today we live in a, in, a, in a world that there are laws and there are protections for that type of behavior. But he's trying to make a correlation here. He's saying, just as a slave is mistreated by an unjust person, likewise wives, if your husband is not obeying the word, if he, if he does not know the Lord, submit to him. Because just in that instance, he says, 
For it is to you have been called because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin. Deceit was not found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. And so it's an example that God gives. And so it is this, this, uh, this attitude that the wife has as she submits to her husband that she displays the grace and the patience of Christ in that way. Likewise, wives. Abuse is wrong. Whether that be emotional, physical, verbal, or even spiritual. Many women in a marriage find themselves sometimes undervalued or disrespected and unloved. But Peter says that the power of the gospel, the power of sacrificial love and grace and service is right at your fingertips. And you can use it to display the gospel even when your husband is being disobedient. If a wife adorns her, look what he says, he continues here. He says, verse number two, when they see your respectful and pure conduct, do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and putting on of gold, jewelry, or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands. And so she imitates Christ when she obeys her husband, when she adorns her life, her home, her words, her body with grace and respect for her husband. Now this is awesome. Look at verse number six, because Peter is going to give us a great example of submission, how a wife submitted to her husband. He says this, As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, and you are her children, if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. So he gives us the example of Sarah and how she obeyed her husband, even though Abraham was not doing what God told him to do. What did Abraham do that was so bad? Genesis chapter number 12 In Genesis chapter number 20, Abraham prostitutes his wife for his own personal gain. Where do you think Abraham got all his money? Where do you think he got all those sheep and servants and oxen? And where did he get all that? He prostituted his own wife for his own gain. He feared his own life and pushed his wife off to save his own life. Does God praise Abraham for that? No. But God praises Sarah. And her her example is written in the word of God as an example of how a wife can submit to her husband even in unjust situations. And he calls it holy. He calls it that this is reflecting the true gospel. He gives us one more likewise here in this passage. He says, likewise, husbands, verse number seven, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel since they are heirs with you of the grace of life 
so that your prayers may not be hindered. So just as slaves are to be examples of Christ to all of us, so too the gentle, gracious wives and husbands likewise are to be obedient to Christ. And the husband is to be obedient and submissive to Jesus, particularly in how he lives with his wife in an understanding way. And that way is when he honors his wife, he protects her. Can we say that Abraham was honoring his wife and protecting her? No. He's like, oh man, here's Pharaoh. Here, just tell him that you're my sister. Now that was partly true. It was like his half-sister. I know, it's weird. But you got to read all of it, okay? I encourage you to read it. Genesis chapter 12, Genesis chapter 20, all right? Give you some awesome insight into that. But God calls husbands to protect their wives, to honor them, to cherish them. But wives, if you have a husband that is mistreating you, if you have a wife, if you have a husband that is acting in this type of way, God calls you, to submit and you are able to show the gospel in all of that a wife refuses to obey her husband and yet she sometimes is frequently unhappy and she doesn't know why a husband refuses to lead his wife and he is frequently unhappy and yet he doesn't know why well the reason is that both are failing to imitate and submit to Christ When a husband takes up his cross and follows after Jesus Christ, he takes responsibility for his wife and begins to lead her. And when a wife takes up her cross and follows Jesus, she respects her husband and obeys him. I realize that this is not a easy, comfortable, lovey-dovey, fuzzy, you know, type of message, but that's the purpose of church. We don't come here to feel good. We need to be confronted with truth, and truth needs to help us change. And so I encourage you, and I would hope that you would apply these these words of the scripture to your life, that especially in areas where you're grappling with about submission, like if if you're a wife and you're, you're really having a hard time submitting to your husband, I would encourage you, go over these verses, see what the word says. Could it be possibly that you are not, first and foremost, you're not submitting to Christ? You're not allowing the gospel to to take control of your life? Husband, same thing. If you are not leading your wife, could it be because you are not following after Jesus Christ? And so when you grapple with these things, if you're having trouble in your marriage, don't blame your husband or wait for him to start loving you. As he should, instead, do something radical. Submit to your husband in every area, even as Christ, as, even as the church submits to Christ. And if you're fighting this portion of scripture here, um, you're not submitting. And if you're not submitting, the world will not see Christ in your marriage. And I understand we got, you know, some uh, young people here that are in the danger area of, of uh, pretty soon getting married. Just kidding, it's not danger. <laughs> I, I do that to get people, oh, what, danger? Yeah. No, um, marriage is a beautiful thing. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, an awesome thing. But these are the roles that God gives us for marriage. 
And he, he gives them this so that we might reflect the gospel in our marriage. And so it's important to do that. So let's pray together.